Intersection is brought to you by Social Health Institute, exploring new and innovative ways for hospitals and healthcare organizations to develop and enhance their social media and digital marketing strategies. Learn more at socialhealthinstitute.com. Why is this not working? Why, you know, what's going on? And I mean, you have to have a little bit of faith too. You have to look and say, there's got to be a reason for this. Welcome to Intersection. I am Bobby Ratu, storyteller. There is just something special about birthdays, first birthdays. I know Peyton won't remember any of it, but (laughs) as they say, usually the first birthday is more for the mom. Especially that first birthday. There was a, a huge amount of prep, everything from the food to the party theme, to the party favors, to the uh, uh, invitations. As soon as we put that little cake down in front of her, she dug right in and she mutilated that thing. It's still like a dream. Uh, it, it, I ask myself a lot that it's, it's maybe not even real. Do you know someone who's experienced infertility? This is one of those tough subjects to talk about, not only in mixed company, but also around family. It took Sarah and I years to have Rose, and when she was born in 2011, we experienced a miracle, especially after three miscarriages. Around the same time, I was helping Greenville Health System tell some amazing stories in celebration of their centennial. This is when I met Jeff and Amory Cohn. We helped Greenville Health System produce this story in 2013 as an opportunity to help other families realize the amazing advancements available when faced with infertility challenges. Jeff and Amory shared their home, their story, and how their family changed after the magic moments of having their little girl, Peyton. Six years later, their family has grown with a little boy. According to the CDC, about 10% of women in the United States, roughly 6.1 million women ages 15 to 44, have difficulty getting pregnant or staying pregnant. Sarah and I, along with Jeff and Amory, shared similar experiences facing the challenges of infertility. Close to six years later, I sat back down with Jeff and Amory to see how they were doing. I wanted to share our conversation as we compared our stories and the roads we traveled. My name is Amory Cohn, and oh. I like Jeff. Yeah, you introduce yourself, okay. too. Hey, I'm, I'm Jeff Cohn. Would you say that your story is, is it tough to talk about? Is it tough to put it and place it into words? No, I don't think so. Um, I guess we just really, our story was to tell people about what we've been through and, and how we've gotten through some of the trials and tribulations of having a child. What was the trial and tribulation? How did it start? Is it like most people you expect that you get married, you want to have kids, and boom, magically it happens one day? Is is that kind of how it started, and then boom, it didn't happen, and it's like, what do we do next? Or what happened? Uh, um, I, well, Jeff and I got married later in life. Um, you know, we were... 31 and he was 35. 
So you have the y'all have the four year split like Sarah and I do, you know. Yeah. So um, you know, I think we wanted a couple years to ourselves to just be ourselves and enjoy our marriage, and then you know you figure, oh, let's, let's start having kids when you're you think you're ready, and and then when it doesn't happen. You know, I mean, you just figure it's going to happen, just like what you hear in the storybook. Yep. <laughs> um, but then, you know, a, a couple months go by and it doesn't happen. A couple more months go by, it doesn't happen. And then before you know it, you're 36 and you're going, holy cow, you know. Um, What's that like? I, I guess I can identify with it. But what's it like for y'all? What I mean... You think about it, it's almost like, okay, I'm midway through my career and my buddies are having kids that are teenagers now. I mean, heck, I'm 44. I have twin boys that are one year old. And one of my friends I went to high school with is now a grandparent. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's kind of puts it in perspective for me. Mm-hmm. How did it, what was the perspective for y'all at your stage in life? I guess the, it felt more like the kind of procrastination had snuck up and bit you. <laughs> um, you know, all of a sudden, whoa, you know, I'm in the risk category because I'm at a certain age or my wife is. So it's, it's like, whoops, we waited too long, you know, missed the, missed the boat for starting a family possibly. Yeah. What started the whole medical process? Does it, was it just months and months of just this just not happening or? Because I remember what Sarah and I went through. Mm-hmm. What was it like for y'all? And what was the point that you finally that said, we got to go check this out and got to figure this out? I can't remember the exact point, but I think, you know, we had tried for about a year. And then I had gone to my family, OBGYN, and basically, you know, told her this is not happening we've been and so she started the process with the clomid and doing all the what she could prescribe without referring me and so i think that was a couple months doing that or several months not a couple um and then finally she said you know you gotta refer you so then that's when we went to the fertility specialist dr lessie and um you know, we started with the IUIs, and we did two or three rounds of IUIs. And, you know, we, we struggled with the expense of... It's expensive. Yeah, going up to the IVF because we knew, you know, my insurance doesn't cover it. Mm-hmm. Stuff, Jeff's insurance doesn't cover it. So we tried everything we could do before before reaching that step. And when we finally had said, so we, we're going to go ahead and do this... Um, and then, you know, the first time it didn't work. It's like, so, come it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me, you know? Um, cause I think we had three, three eggs. So it was just, it, it was a long process. It was several years. I mean, I make it sound like it's a lot shorter, but it was, it I mean, we started, I didn't ha- get pregnant until I was 38, and we started, I think, when I was like thirty-five or thirty-six. So it was. It was a long road. It's a long road, and um, you know, you, 
you struggle along the way because you don't know if it's going to work. There's no guarantee, but you do it whatever you can. Yeah. Did, um, through that process, I, I kind of, I remember when we first met and I remember when we profiled y'all, you know, Dr. Leslie Mm -hmm. reached out, they told Mark and we started looking at your story. And one of the connection points for me is that, uh, my wife and I were going through a similar situation at the time. Now, um, we didn't do IU, uh, IVF. We ended up having, Sarah had a progesterone issue. And so that was a simple medication fix and, and a timing issue mm-hmm. for us. But we had three miscarriages leading up to it. And I remember the struggle behind that. You know, it was almost like, you know, you hit one roadblock and it's like, why are we doing this? And there's another roadblock. Mm-hmm. And, but the time is ticking, you know, you're 35 yeah. and you're 36 and then you go to work and everybody's got kids and you're like, dude, you know, I want to do something. What was that like for y'all as you were going through this process? Is it, did you get to panic mode? I mean, was there a panic in it or is it like, were you kind of ambivalent? Like, okay, is this, you know, golly, is this ever going to work? Oh, no, I was, I was in panic mode. <laughs> There's no got- doubt about it. <laughs> I was in panic mode a lot. <laughs> uh, what I forgot to mention previously is how Dr. Leslie, <laughs> I feel like it's, I feel like so much has gone on since, you know, we went through that period in our lives, but, um, and he found out I had endometriosis and I, I had to have the surgery for that. What was that like? I mean, like finding out that, I mean, did it feel like the cliff was huge? I had no, I, yeah, I was shocked cause I had no idea. I, I mean, I never had any symptoms. So to find that out was just, I was like, what, you know, how, how is that possible? Right. So I forgot that was another hurdle that, you know, we had to to get over because I had to have surgery for that. Right. Um, but, yeah, I was in panic mode a lot because, like you said, the, your time clock is ticking. And, and, yeah, you see everybody else, all these 20-year-olds that are, you know, oh, pregnant, 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 <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> and you're just... And you're smiling over here because I think you felt the same way I did in some capacity. And I, I, I don't want to assume that, but I would, you know, you're, you're a husband, so you want what your wife wants. You know you want kids, but it's like, it's like you, you don't know what to do. Yeah, you, you know, sending her under the knife or, you know... It, that's that's a risk. No matter no matter how simple or how routine the procedure, but to to get that um, to get that situation addressed, you know that that's a that's a commitment. And then uh, turn around. Luckily, you know it paid off in the end. But it was it just it was steady. You know, ratcheting up the seriousness, the cost, the timing. Um, so you know you were kind of headed towards a big cliff. Either it was going to happen or it wasn't. How did you, I remember going through IUI with the twins and thankfully we only had to go through one round. Um, I know what the expense of that was. Mm -hmm. So I can't even imagine 
dealing with the expense of IVF. What was that discussion like? Talk about that and those decisions behind all those issues. I mean, how did y'all, how did y'all approach that? It was tough. <laughs> I think it was like, we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and figure out how to pay for it. Yeah. Um, at the time, there was, and I don't I apologize, can't even know who it was through or, or whatever, but there was a buy two, get one free warranty program. Gotcha. So you, it was like you insurance. Know, yeah. If you, if, if you bought one, it was X amount. And if you bought three, it was three times X. But if you did this program, it would be 2.1 X and you got a free coffee mug at the end or whatever. <laughs> so, um, we, but wasn't we, it, wasn't it like if, if, if you, you did had, it, if it didn't work, you would get your money back. Um, partial, I think partial, partial, partial refund in the end, but there was a, there were a lot of fine print. Um, yeah. we, we, after the first, first failure we read found in the fi- fine print that, that, uh, you were going to be kicked out of the program if you were over 40 and she was headed that way mm-hmm. at the time, the timing was just terrible, but, uh, they didn't kick us out luckily because it was the second, the second, um, round that was successful. Yeah, but it was, a, I mean, you essentially you pay more, but it was more of a guarantee type of program. So you pay more up front. And it was, yeah, I mean, it was a huge three, chunk of change. Three chances for the price of two with a uh, some type of refund at the end right. if they didn't take. But, it, I mean, but for it me, it wasn't, it was like the money didn't matter at that point. Right. Like, I didn't care how much it cost. Like, we're... This is what we have to do. Right. Do you, when you look back on it, you know, obviously now you have two kids, beautiful children. When you look back, do you ever think back, God, that was kind of crazy. How did we get to that point? Like I always go through my mind with Sarah, you know, with the, the multiple miscarriages, like how do we get information to make these decisions? It's, it's almost like we're piecemealing it together mm-hmm. and we're talking to our friends and we're making these decisions and you have to make these decisions quickly. What was that like having to try to navigate this big health system to try to figure that out? Was it kind of crazy or would you feel like you kind of knew what you're going to do? For me, it was you know, my mindset at that time was I. You didn't care. Yeah. It was, it was like, whatever it took. Yeah. Whatever it took. Like I, I, you know, wanted a family, wanted to have a child and if this is what we got to do, we got to do it and right. just keep on plugging. You what, know. what was it like when you, when it finally worked? Talk about that moment when you found out. Yeah. I think I remember talking about this in your, in the, <laughs> the video. It was, um, cause you know, we had had a failure of the first IVF and, um, which was very disappointing, obviously. Um, but the second time, it was like Dr. Lessie was the one that performed the procedure. And um, it just felt different to me. I just felt a little bit more secure, a little bit more positive. Right. So when I got the call at work that day, I remember getting the call and and. They said, you know, I didn't answer my phones because I didn't want to call at work. So I called him back in the car. And when they had told me, it was just, it was like, 
it was like surreal, you know, just I couldn't even believe it. But at the same time, I kind of felt like this time would be better. Good news. Um, so it was just, it was unreal. I remember calling Jeff and just telling him and we met for lunch and we were both just kind of like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <now what? laughs> I mean, we, it was just like, it's like, wow, this is happening. You know, I can't believe it. It was just, it was awesome. What was it like when she was born? Like you went through all this work. Mm-hmm. What was that like? It was un- unbelievable when you're when you're laying there. You know, I had a C-section, um, and they just bring this baby to you. <laughs> they, you know, they put her next to you, and you're just like that. That's my baby. You know, wow. It's hard to describe. <laughs> it's just instant love instant joy i mean all and and it makes it all worth it how do you look back at it now this story is it does it feel like it's so long ago now yes what did you learn from all that i mean we will have a story to tell peyton you know when she's old enough because i want her to i mean i i want her to know that you know if she ever has problems right as a, a woman. Right. That it's okay. Have you met other families that have gone through this as well? You oh, know, yeah. What's that like? And, you know, what are their experiences? Are they very similar to yours? or? or yeah, I mean, actually, it's kind of funny. And maybe because, you know, a lot of our friends are, are had children around the older like we did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of our friends have gone through the same thing. I mean, I actually probably more have than haven't. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's contagious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It really is. It's it, And like I said, just maybe because most of our friends just had children later in life that, um, yeah, it's a lot of the same stories. You know, just... I, I mean, not all of them have had the endometriosis, but they just have had issues on issues. And were you trying to have your second? I mean, or did that was that like the big accident? Or like, hey, let's try to have a second? Or how did that come to be? It was probably more so me. Jeff was yep. kind of fulfilled with having one child. Right? Were you cool with just one for? Uh, the- oh yes. <laughs> You say that with like, definite certainty. Yeah, I had my hands full with, with the one. Why do you think we wait? I mean, I know y'all met later in life. Mm-hmm. You know, you got may- married later. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah and I got married right out of grad school, so we got married in our, you know, mid to late 20s. Okay. You know, I'm meeting more and more of my friends that are waiting later but mm-hmm. are experiencing a lot of the issues associated. Mm-hmm. Is it just... Do you think we're just in a different stage of our lives or people in our area that are just having children later? I mean, is it just an attractive thing to do or or is it just circumstances? I mean, tell me about some of your friends. Are their stories similar, you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that people really take more of their career seri- a lot more seriously, um, you know, really try to get it more established 
have a home, you know, just have the money to to do the things that you want to do and to afford a family, quite frankly, and maybe want to get like, make sure that they're just well on their way to right. have that and, and not have any worry about it when you do have a family. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of what it was for us. And I mean, we wanted to do things as Jeff and I, or as a couple that once, you know, once you have kids, you can't do right. it until they're 18 and out of the house. And then you're too old to do it. Or in our case, we'll be too old to do it. <laughs> Now a quick break to ask you for your help. Did you know Intersection Podcast is part of a network of shows and we're looking for your feedback? We would appreciate your help if you could take a few minutes to fill out a short listener survey. Go to survey.intersectionpodcast.com. That is survey.intersectionpodcast.com. We hope you'll share your experience. Hi there, this is Bobby again. We need your help. If you like Intersection, we'd really appreciate you taking a moment to leave us a review. Whether you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher, please take a moment to leave a review. This is important because it helps others find our show. Thank you so much for your help. It's crazy the kind of the world that families that go through infertility Mm -hmm. at our age are dealing with. Can you think of anything that, you know, has kind of popped out in your mind or you've experienced, you know, lately that's, you know, that you've dealt with being parents later in life? Or does it just seem so normal to you? Well, it's strange when I see, like, on Facebook some of my friends that, like, yeah, their kids are going to Clemson and and you think, oh, my gosh, you know. They're done. They're like, we're just starting and they're done. They're, they're enjoying their second half of their life. <laughs> and, you know, we're still going to daycare <laughs> every day. <laughs> but, I mean, I try to, you try to enjoy where you are in life. I mean, it's, and where you're at. And, and I mean, it, it, there are days that are, are hard and we're both looking at each other like, okay, this, this too shall pass, right? We can just get through this. <laughs> Cause it's, you know, it, it, with kids, it's like at Peyton's age, you know, she's six, seven, she's going to be seven. It's such a different phase than a three-year-old. Yep. I mean, with her, it's like, you're having conversations. It's like a true, you're truly having a relationship with your child. <laughs> at, at Jace's age, it's still, it's, it's a struggle, but you know, you just, and, and, but then there's times when he's just, he snuggles up and I love you, mommy. I love you, daddy. And then you're like, Oh, So, have you forgotten what infertility is all about? I mean, I'm not. I'm never going to forget what what we went through, and what we had to go through to to have a child. What was the hardest part about all that? The emotional 
stress and anguish. I mean, and the physical part too, all the physical things you have to go through, giving your shots and this and that and going to the doctor every week, it seemed like, poked, getting poked and prodded. And <laughs> but really, it's, it's the mental. How long did it take from the moment that y'all decided till the moment that she was born? What was that about? A five-year process? I want to say it was... It was probably close... I don't know if it was... It might have been, let's say... We married him when I was 31. I had her when I was 38. But I don't think we started actually trying. It was probably four to five years when it was all said and done. Did that seem like forever? Like, when you first started doing that, mm-hmm. did it just seem like it would never get there? Yeah. Because we started from, you know, like I said, going go to my OB and getting Clomid. You know, that was, like, the first thing, which, and, you know, you do rounds of that. And, oh, well, you can't do it this month because of this, so you got to start up in the following month. I think it's kind of like a, the milestone failures because you got yeah. your fingers crossed. Hey, this one, you know, not only effort-wise but invasive-wise, and, you know, you're all shooting for the same goal. At the beginning, it was just, you know, some pills, and then it became shots, cycles of shots, and then it was some procedures, and then it was surgery, and then it was the next round, you know, so it kept ratcheting up and repeated failures, you know, and you just keep bigger, better, you know, faster, more expensive, and it's, you know, and it keeps failing up, up, up to the to the IVF, and we were even in, you know, the fourth inning of the IVF before it before it took. So we were, you know, well into the game. You know, I think about things in terms of sports sometimes. It's like, you know, it's like you just keep on hitting. You know, you keep on missing. You keep on missing. It's like, how do you get the energy to just keep on doing it when you don't know what the outcome's going to be? You know, mm-hmm. because you don't know if it's going to happen or not. Why, what made you just, number one, where did you get the energy from? And number two, how did you keep on going knowing the bad news that just kept on popping up every time? Like, why? Why do that? Because you want something so badly. You know, you just, we would just, I just remember, I remember crying on Duff's shoulders, like, constantly, <laughs> you know, why is this not working? Why, you know, what's going on? And, I mean, you have to have a little bit of faith, too. You have to look and say, there's got to be a reason for this, you know. You also hear all these stories of people that have been through the same thing, and they've had, they've come through most, I mean, not a lot, but not all the time, but... Oh, you hear about all the good, you know, they try and give you the good outcomes and say, so you don't get, try to keep your positive attitude. What was the lowest point? Do you remember? What what was the point where you probably almost just said, you know, I can't do this anymore. Do you, was there a point for y'all like that? And that during this process, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I think the first time 
Yeah, when the we first did. IVF round yeah. it didn't take, the and then we IVF. saw the fine print in the contract and felt the fear that we might not get another IVF chance. Well, and we I only had so many frozen eggs, you know. Um, what was that like? I mean, was that a tough couple weeks around here? Yeah, it's, it's sad. You're just really sad. And, I mean, I remember getting the phone calls the front porch and I just broke down and of course the nurses you know I, I feel for them because they had to tell the bad news you know and they feel terrible and this it, it was just a hard it was a hard a hard thing to swallow how do you deal with it I mean I'm trying to think you've got to be frustrated as a person but then you want to support your wife because you know she's She's probably struggling with it 10 times more than you are, maybe. I don't know. How did you deal with it? Like, what was that like coming home, trying to figure out how to pick those pieces up? You know? Because we yeah. want, we guys want to fix things, right? Yeah. Um, just try to be as positive as possible. Um, I probably wasn't a very good help. Just try to do, you know, focus on what the next step was more mechanical methodical who do we call next what when's the next cycle that we can get involved in how many eggs are left more the math kind of guy to to talk about you know i don't i don't know that i was all that supportive really other than just the shoulder to cry on when you look back at it you know obviously there's a lot of positive outcomes you know you had two children there's a lot of hard parts of it that just made it horrible. If you were to meet with a family that was just starting this journey, what would you tell them? You know, they come to you and they're like, we heard your story. I have endometriosis. What do you tell them? What do you, what's, do you try to chart them a path or do you give them emotional advice? What, what do you tell these people? Um, I would say it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be, it's going to be a hard road, but don't give up. Try and stay positive and um, it's okay to break down, have bad days. That's okay to question. It's okay to. Did it ever make you question your faith? Oh yeah, Definitely. What was that like? It's hard because you you don't understand. And I mean, like a lot of hardships, I mean, everybody has hardships in their life. You don't understand why, but you just, um, you just got to keep on having faith. Mm -hmm. That's what faith's all about. I remember the, the night that the twins were going to be born. And um, we shared earlier before we started the podcast about how Sarah was in the bathroom and I thought she was having the child, you know, the boys right there. Mm -hmm. And I called my sister-in-law you know, tell her to come. Luckily, she picked up the phone at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> my daughter's in the bed. I can't take her to the emergency room. So we got to do something. Yeah. And I remember, and I wrote this in my book. I call it the big, ugly, nasty cry. 
And I remember walking out of my front porch and I screamed bloody murder. Mm -hmm. I was so mad. Um, I was so hurt. I was so frustrated Mm -hmm. because we had worked so hard to get Mm -hmm. right there. And it was almost like it was like literally slipping through my hands. And I think people don't realize that for people that struggle with fertility, that it's not all pretty pictures hanging on the wall Mm -hmm. in the fertility clinic. There's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of parts of it that are just ugly and nasty and not fun. It's expensive. It's, it's uncomfortable to talk about. Mm -hmm. It's many of us don't even have words for, um, what do you think about that? Do you agree with that? And, What's your perspective on the process of fertility or people that deal with infertility? Is it all rosy and beautiful? No, during the process, absolutely not. I mean, it's hard. It's it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. And it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of strength, inner strength and physical strength to keep on going and and try and every day, you know, just keep on trying to, yeah. I mean, there's so much involved in it. There's, but it's, uh, and like you said, it's expensive. It's, it's so much to think about when you're trying to go through it. It's just like, and y'all are middle career professionals too. mm Like, you got to maintain your jobs as well. I mean, it's not like you can just... Right. Call in sick every time that you feel bad. I mean... Right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I bet you that was hard, too. Yeah. And, well, and and like you said, you know, you're around all these millennials <laughs> that are, <laughs> you know, getting pregnant left and right. And you're, you're like, of course, you know, they don't know your situation. Most of them don't. But... Um, I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough road, Um, but a lot of people go through it. How did you choose your doctor? Was that easy or? Honestly, it was a referral from my OB. And I think we just got lucky with Dr. Lessie. He was the next, we didn't really have an option. It was like, you're going to go in and you're going to see Dr. Lessie. But he ended up being, like, the expert in the endometriosis. Um, so we got we kind of got lucky, you know. I think or, so. And, uh, if I remember right, he was running a special research um, program at yes, the time. Yes, yes. We became a, you know, sample couple in with the condition. So he was doing some research on the endometriosis at the time. And, uh so it, it was it was a really good fit. It was just a blessing. I mean, we yeah. plopped right into it. Uh, no other way to uh, say that. But, yeah. You know, it, for for anybody that's facing it, I would say they need to just really learn as much as you can about the whole process and kind of learn what the end result can be and the different steps and the commitments and the you know learn the positives and the negatives and just educate as much as they can and then find a good partner. As far as medical, you know, practice or uh, hospital to work with, and, uh, just make sure you're committed because it can 
like we said, it can drag out three, four, five years or longer. But you need to kind of, you know, be committed. You know, one of the things that I think that we have walked away from and, you know, having the three kids going through all that stuff is there's a lot of marketing. A lot of people talk about the long process and how long it can be. It's mm-hmm. It took you a while to get to IVF. It mm-hmm. took us a while to get to IUI. It took us writing checks and negotiating with insurance companies and wondering if that's going to work out and mm-hmm. how many trips can we afford. And so there's a lot of discussion there. You know, as we talk to people that might experience or have experience or have their own story, you know, and, and you kind of provided some insight for other people to consider what was the biggest thing you learned out of this that really truly when you look back you're like wow I'm so glad that we did that or I'm so glad or is there something that you walked away with that you're so thankful that it happened that way I want to say I I feel like we learned through the process, you know, we came together as a couple. Did it define your marriage? No. I mean, maybe for a while. Really? Yeah, because that's, that's all we were doing for a while. Yeah, and I think it showed us both how strong we really are. I mean, to be able to get through it. Do you think, and I'm going to ask a very hard question, do you think if this, if your second child would have been as much work the first time, do you think you would have had the endurance for it? I honestly think if we had to do that again for a second child, we probably would not have. Is that hard? Yeah, it was very difficult. I just don't think that. Financially, I mean, everything we've talked about, I don't think that we would have done made it, it through. And, and s- such a commitment and time, effort, yeah, you know, had been invested in, in Peyton, and, and we really felt her, you know, that she was a blessing and a miracle. We named her, her middle name is Mira, for short for miracle. So it was like we did it. You know, that was our success. So mm-hmm. number two was uh, it, you know, it wasn't as critical because we had already been blessed with what right mm-hmm. with, with what we were what our desire was. But I will say they're having two, it's amazing to watch them together. They love each other like no other. I mean and it's really I mean it's really neat to watch that because it's they'll always have each other, you know. We might be long gone, but... <laughs> if you've done the math, we're going to be long gone. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's, it, it makes me feel better knowing that, that you know, they're going to always have each other. Well, thank you all both very much. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and exploration. Most importantly, the many intersections inside the world of storytelling. 
Intersection is powered by the Touchpoint Media Network, podcast dedicated to discussions on all things healthcare. Go to touchpoint.health for many other podcasts exploring digital marketing and online patient engagement strategies, CIO and technology strategies, the challenges of the online physician, the power of the e-patient, and most importantly, the power of storytelling. To learn more, go to touchpoint.health. That is touchpoint.health.